Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about how to enjoy playing the game. Yes, the role playing game. <laughs> Any role playing game. It reminds me of the book, The Game of Life and How to Play It. Oh, wow. Ooh, you're going, what? That's in the 70s, isn't it? So I was thinking about this uh, subject and uh, it came up, I think it was on Facebook or something, one of the social medias. And, uh, and, and one of the most important things I, I've learned from, uh, from playing games from, for an extended period of time, right? Everybody knows who's listened to this podcast that I've been playing for a long time since 1978. I don't know. I don't know how many years that is. It's, a, it's like 40, I think. Anyway, so what I've learned in all that time is that there's different, different styles of playing. There's different ways a GM runs a game. Is there? Yeah. And, and everybody, everybody plays the game for a different reason, right? For the most part. They all have their reasons for playing, what they want out of a game. Now, for us... It's just to have fun. It's just to explore some world we've, we, we don't really inhibit. I think that's most of the reasons for everybody else, too, is to have fun. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the goal of that playing the, goal. the game. That is, it's a, why it's called a game, I think. Yes. But as a player, we could be, I, I mentioned before in a previous episode about our bubble, right? We grew up, we grew up playing in a bubble of Salinas in a very small, ag, well, it was an agricultural town. There was only a few of us that we knew played. And we usually didn't tell the people it was a secret because we didn't want people to know. It was a secret. <laughs> and that bubble was good for playing the games that we liked and we all had a lot of fun. But th- what lacked was exposure to other ideas of playing and other ways of playing. I don't know if that's true or not because you said that your brother, when you guys were playing at the library in Salinas, yes. that... There were other people that played there. You didn't know all of the people. And I also believe you said that um, yeah, you're right. That the people that played Call of Cthulhu were there too. I don't know if they were playing Call of Cthulhu at the time, but I don't think so. But they were there were people there that were that you didn't know that played. So you, your bubble could have expanded more. Could have, but I didn't. At I, that time. I, you I, were a teenager, so it's hard to expand your bubble at that particular time. I I agree, you know, and that was interesting. I wish now I wish now that I had gone back and t- I, if I could go back in time, I would. Cause There's a game where you can do that. <laughs> There's a lot of games. <laughs> okay, so we, my brother started this club called the Castle Crusaders Club at the Steinbeck Library in, in Salinas, California. And Steinbeck Library was the main library in Salinas. And what happened was it had a real big, nice, large meeting room. And my brother presented himself as a pretty upstanding citizen. He was an Eagle Scout and all that. So they let this teenager, young teenager, not a young teenager, just like he was 16 or 17, start a club there. So they gave him the keys to this meeting room and he would open it. Oh, they wouldn't give him the keys. They would open it. They would leave him in charge. And we were supposed to play from uh, 6 or 5 o'clock to 10 o'clock, past the library hours. Uh, But as long as we closed the doors, because they had the self-locking doors, to the outside, we were allowed to play. Now that place was so big that it could easily have two. It could have more tables, but usually there was two games going on, and there was the Felipe's game, and then there was the other game, and there was a, an interesting group of characters uh, on that on that other table. There was, I don't want to name names. Well, I can't name names. I don't even know it. They probably don't even listen. They probably don't even play games anymore. But I remember this guy called Cho and his brother. I forgot his brother's name. Uh, there was a guy called Brett, really nice guy. 
And another guy called Bruce, also a nice guy. And I knew Bruce from high school. So the other guys I didn't know, I think they went to private school. I think they went to Palma, the private school in Salinas, one of the private schools, high schools. Anyway, and so when they started, when they, we had already started playing, they, they came in and they, go, and they were very loud. And they were playing these like super high level games. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't think that was fun. I'd go, well, how kind of fun is that at having anything you want? And they were really over the top games. They were playing like 20th level characters. They were just regular D&D. And then uh, I didn't, uh, I, so I didn't really pay attention who played over there. They would, they would come sit down and play their game. Uh, but supposedly, Matt Steele played there, which pff, I don't even remember Matt Steele. So, but what I didn't do is I didn't go over there and play a game in that table. Not that they were super friendly or anything to me or us, but, you know, I, we were playing our game. But what I missed out on is their GMing style that's over-the-top, gonzo-type game. And maybe there was something there that was enjoyable for me that I couldn't enjoy. At that time. At that time. And that, and I wasn't getting that experience of that kind of game style because I was on the other side with Felipe counting my copper coins trying to get <laughs> to the next level. So that was an opportunity missed. And then you're right. There was other times when, uh, like, when I went to the library in Monterey. Not a library. It was a club in Monterey. And it was a totally boring game. And I never went back. Right. To you, it was boring. To me, it was boring, right? Because I was, there was no, I was like, I was well, like. That a, was way back when was there was a, a collar, right? Yes, there was a collar. And I was a pawn. I wasn't really a character. So we're talking about enjoying the game. Right, right. So so now now that I, I've actually been playing for a long time, I've been exposed to all kinds of different games. I've learned that there's people who like different styles of playing. There's people who like. The really greedy, not greedy, but the really tactical combat aspects of D and of not D and D, but role playing games. Counting the spaces, and, and some people complain, you know, and some people will complain about that that that's not role playing. And then there's the the other uh, on the other scale. There's this role playing style where it's so collaborative that you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, well, not even collaborative. <clears throat> I'm talking specifically the GM style. Like the GM doesn't even come with anything prepared. Maybe he has it's all sandbox. Maybe he has one thing written on his. Today we step into the desert. What <laughs> no, happens? Well, well, or that, or the, the, he has a very, or she, they have a very, uh, almost nothing written down, just a paragraph of, of ideas, and the rest is just a spontaneous uh, game. And most of that it has to be driven by the players, right? Because the players have to be proactive in acting doing stuff and there's the different games along that spectrum and then you're right then there's the well that's collaborative kind of yeah very collaborative and then there's a super collaborative where there's no gm and you're all just throwing ideas and and playing off each other let's just say unless there's someone who is gm like <laughs> in that situation it's not always easy to have fun because it would make it makes me very nervous when i don't know where the people are going with stuff hmm. well that's true yeah, I agree. But anyway, so there's all kind, and then there's all kinds of gradations along the, that spectrum of GMing styles. But no, what? No matter what you're playing, you should be able to have fun. Yeah, and as a player, you have to be able to, what is it? Have fun, no matter what the game is like, or even if it's not to your really liking. If you really like, for example, if you really like a little bit more role playing style or, or a, a game that's a lot more collaborative or a lot more uh 
not let's say a dungeon crawl, but more open. And all the people are breaking out their little figures and the the battle the mat. Paper, yeah, half paper comes <laughs> out, right? And it, you start going through a dungeon crawl. I understand that that may not be to your liking. I I thought, and I still think that I don't like uh, dungeon crawls that much. I think I mentioned that before. Well, I, I know I have, but I remember, I remember playing dungeon crawls. I remember playing in a dungeon. I don't know if they they used the term dungeon crawl back then. I'm not sure when that became vogue, but I remember playing them, and I remember I remember all these things. I remember rolling to open doors and AD and D. I remember we came up with a way of mapping, you know, so so the GM would tell us how you know. And my brother had standardized his dungeons, right? That's how much we must have done a lot of dungeon delving. But I don't I don't think it was like super. That's not all we did. But I remember we did it enough that we came up with a way of talking to each other of saying explain to from the gm to the person mapping how to how we're going to map this dungeon so my brother didn't have any weird dungeons that had angles they were all right angle turns right the name the, the then he standardized the room and he figured out that a 30 by 30 foot room probably one of the best sized rooms to play in or to have because it was big enough to put monsters in and they had plenty of room and stuff like that and it was simple to map and you always would put the door in the middle, right? Super easy. You don't have to go, well, it's on the western corner, on the south side. That's where the door is, right? So he standardized <coughs> the dungeon, which I thought was pretty funny, which made it easier for the mapper to map this dungeon. Well, if you were the mapper, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, and I remember it being, yeah. And I did, and just like I said, I learned from that GM, and that's the way I did my dungeons later on. All of them were ten by were ten foot wide uh, hallways. The room ten all- foot wide hallways in a dungeon. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's standard. And then uh, standard. <laughs> so, and the rooms were thirty by thirty. And the doors always in the middle. And there was all right angles. There was no. There was. T- and then we, we came up with like the, the room. The hallway ends in the T. <laughs> And then, There's oh, no dead ends. Oh, the, the hallway goes, uh, and you see, uh, what is it? It's a cross. Right, left a, and forward. Right, there's a, there's a, there's a hallways that go left and right, and it continues. That was really fun. Funny that I remember that. So obviously we played dungeon crawls, and but now in my older times, in my age of the years, or whatever you want to call it, as I'm growing older and more mature, I, I don't really don't. Okay, you've grown older. <laughs> <laughs> that's true but sure has not quite happened yet so i don't like dungeon crawls i really i thought i didn't really like them I, i'm like yeah you know i've done that i don't think i find them that appealing but not too long ago you decided to run the mad mage i didn't know it was a dungeon crawl okay? oh yeah oh you didn't oh sorry and and what was weird about it i was like oh okay it's a dungeon crawl so oh, that's cool and I knew that it was a dungeon crawl. So I, in my mind, I was like, I'm ready for it. I, I understand what's going to go on. And even though Jolene didn't really have a, a lot of fun running it, she, I don't think she, you didn't have a lot of fun running it. I, you thought it was kind of weird or whatever. I don't know. Well, I you thought it was monotonous because you just kept going down and having to, there, there were just four walls everywhere. I didn't <laughs> like it very much. <laughs> But I hate to say, I hate to. I, hate, I know to all, hate, all the players had fun, but right, I, I, I had fun, which was weird because, like, I'm like, I was kind of adamant that I didn't like dungeon crawls, and here it is a huge dungeon, right? And it was a dungeon crawl, and here I am having a hell of a time. 
I really liked it. I really liked the, uh, you know, it was, it wasn't a standard dungeon. Like, I don't know, back when I was a kid, there was a lot of weird things going on in the dungeon. There was a lot of stories. That's because it belonged to the mad mage. Right. <laughs> no, but, it, but, but I really thought it was fascinating. I really liked the ideas that was, what was going down on down there. And it was a dungeon and here I am having a lot of fun. So what's up with that? Here I am saying that I don't like dungeon crawls and here we are you're running it, not having a great time running it, but I was having a blast. I thought it was really neat. Maybe because I didn't get killed. I don't think I got didn't get killed in that one. But I thought it was really neat. I really liked it. And So basically what you're saying is even though you thought you didn't like dungeon crawls, it turns out that when one was run, you actually enjoyed it. Right. Uh, I think what it is is that when I knew in my mind that it was going to be a dungeon crawl, I'm like, okay, it's a dungeon crawl. Not going to complain about it. And then I was just able to enjoy the game because I was with my friends. We were, all, you know, we were online, but we were all talking, and and it just was a neat experience. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. So I think as a player, if you can prepare yourself, if you, let's say you don't like certain kind of games or whatever. I think you could prepare yourself for a game and prepare yourself to enjoy it. I think that's important as a as a as a player to be open minded enough to say, you know, this is not my cup of tea. And I could say that dungeon crawls aren't my cup of tea. They really aren't. But when Jolene wanted to run this game, I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. What the hell? I haven't been in a dungeon crawl in like forever, and here we are, and it was fun. But I think a lot of it had to do with my frame of my mental state. I hate to say this mumbo jumbo right i'm not into this all kinds of weird stuff that is not weird i have always told augustine that if you're augustine's our son if <laughs> your day is going to be however you choose it to be you're either going to have fun or you're going to have a horrible day right so i think all games are like that and this whole topic came from social media where people complain about everything and if that was you sorry <laughs> but literally the topic is how to enjoy the game why are we talking about this? Because people are saying how they get bored during a game. And like I tell my son, if you're bored, it's your own fault. Get into whatever you're doing. Right. And if you're, if you're that bored, leave. I mean, if you're, go if you're not going to enjoy yourself, why are you there? I think before you leave, though, before you leave, before you say you pack it up, right? I think you can find... You I've had it. These people are... I've never played with these people again. Well, I mean, I, the only reason I would leave a table... There's quite a few reasons, but mainly it's the same thing, is that the GM is really terrible for whatever reason. However you define terrible. I would define terrible like bigots, misogynistic, people who are really nasty or whatever. However you define those things. So I'm not saying stay in a game that's terrible like that. But if it's not to your type or liking and you like, let's say you're at a convention and you, you like the description and... Maybe the description didn't really fit what, what you read or you read it wrong or the person writes terrible. However, there's all kinds of reasons why. And you're sitting there and you're, and you're playing a game, but you know that this game is really not to your liking. Give it a chance with the right, like you said, like you were talking to, to our son, in the right frame of mind, you should be able to enjoy a game just because you're interacting with people and having fun. It's a social, it's a social thing. So I think when you prepare yourself for a game, that you don't like. Which, Why would you prepare yourself for a game that you don't like? You're always going to go into a game. You're not going to play a game you don't like. 
you're gonna realize that you're it's it's gonna be in the middle of uh or the first five minutes maybe and if you don't get up and walk away you're gonna go okay why am i here well i'm thinking i'm what i'm saying is that not a game you don't like but maybe it's a it's a type of game you don't usually enjoy but i think if like you said to your son to our son make the day what you want of it if you start with a nasty frame of mind then your whole day is going to be terrible right it's like okay i I hate to bring up my work but sometimes when i i work i hate for him to bring up his work too (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not going to mention what i do or or what exactly but but sometimes it's like i get to work and somebody's called in sick right so i'm down a person in my on my team that we have a lot to do that day or that night okay I'm not just going to, you know, because I know people who do that, right? Oh, God. Now all they do is complain all night and they have a terrible night. He's been known to do that every once in a while, by the way. No, I have not. Uh, But instead of having a meltdown, you deal with the situation. Okay. All right. So you adjust whatever you need to adjust and you do the job, whatever the job as best as you can and try to do as much as you can. Instead of having this meltdown that is not productive and is not gonna is not gonna help you in any way. So I think that's what I'm talking about. Was is when you get to you go to a game and you're like, oh well, this is not the kind of game I usually enjoy. I can I can tell you a story about that. Okay, go ahead. So Augustine, when he was younger, wanted to play in Adventures League and Pathfinder Society. And yeah. I don't I don't remember which one it was, but Pathfinder Society. But we get to the game store, and he was what. He must have been 10, 11, maybe. Yeah, because he was old enough that they didn't look at him funny that he wanted to play. So he's probably 11 or 12. And when you play in, in, in an organized play, usually you're given a character, you have a choice of which character you want, or you can create your own character, but usually they have templates, right? Well, they have, well, they have ready-made characters. Yeah, and everybody's very much mini-maxi. And they like they they want the char- the character that they have to be able to do whatever it is they want, and then they want the parties to be very well balanced. balanced. And they're going after certain goals. So they and a lot of these people play. This is how they play D anD D or um, Pathfinder, and they just go right. That's that's the way it is. Now, when I sit down at this table with my son, who is very excited, I'm like going. I'm looking around and I'm thinking, I really am not going to have a good time in this game because these people have a certain thing in mind and I'm not sure that this is what I want to do. <laughs> but I'm here for the next four hours because my kid wants to do it, right? <laughs> As a player, you can't let that dictate what you're going to do, right? You, there's things that you can do as a player to make sure you have a good time. Engage in the game. Right. Make a goal for your character that uh, maybe isn't part of the rest of the party's goal, but you're not, it's not a goal to cause the party any problems, right? You want to learn what the people are doing or why you're here, which might throw off people if you're playing in an organized play because they might be confused by your questions. I know they were confused by Saul when he said he was a gunslinger when he really was a... No, no, I was, I was a knife thrower. Oh, a knife thrower. I was a sorcerer. When he really was a sorcerer. <laughs> that confused a lot of people. And, but he had fun. And they got over the fact that he said he was something when he was really supposed to be a sorcerer, right? Right. So I think Pathfinder was first edition. So back then, I don't think you had 
one of those those cantrips that you could actually do damage with. So you ran out of spells, you ran out of spells. And I didn't want to be the sorcerer that ran out of spells and then was completely useless. So I called myself a knife thrower because there's all kinds of different feats back in those days. There's still, there's still feats in Pathfinder. And you could have a feat to make yourself like be able to throw uh, missiles or be able to throw items at better capacity. And I don't forget what the feat was. I was human, so you get extra feats for being human, blah, blah, blah. So I was able, to, and I had a high dexterity. And so I was able to really like, oh, I think I took like sharp shooting. I forget what it was. I think but, that's what it was. But I was able to throw uh, knives into combat, into melee combat. So that was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was a pretty badass. But I remember, <laughs> I remember, this is a famous, famous story that I've told to many different people. And I've talked about it here on our podcast before in a different episode where Everybody's kind of introducing themselves, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm a knife They're introducing thrower. their character. characters. Characters, right. right. And themselves. And I go, I'm a knife thrower. And then, and then I get a weird look because like, people go, what the hell is a knife thrower, right? Because there's not a class. <laughs> you know, I have my character in front of me. And the guy next to me, this big bearded dude, looks like Jeremiah Johnson. Or I forget the other Nobody's going to know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks at my character and he goes... He goes, why do you, because I think you have the, what you call it, I forget how, how, how you make characters, but he goes, how can we have a, like a, a, a higher wisdom, right? Like my wisdom was 11. It was probably my strength. No, I don't remember. I don't remember. But anyway, so he goes, he goes, why did you put so many points in that? I'm like, because uh, my wisdom, I think it was. I go, because I don't want to be dumb. He goes, well, for your character class, I think you're a sorcerer, because he looked at my character right. sheet. He goes, that should be your dumb stat. And I looked at him, I'm like, dumb stat, what are you talking about? So what I did is, I forget how I was able to do it, or there's a Pathfinder, it's been a long time since I ran Pathfinder or even played, but you could you could mitigate the, those numbers and, and not have an eight somewhere, I think. And so I go, so I raised, I can raise a, a what is it, a characteristic by one or something. And he goes, well, that should have been your dump stat. I go, well, dump stat? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you don't need wisdom as a sorcerer, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Actually, you do. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been intelligence. It was wisdom. It was one of those two, right? And I'm like, and I'm like, well, he goes, why would you do that? I go, because I don't want to be dumb. And he goes, but he goes, it doesn't matter in the game. I go, it matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> so he looked at me strange and we continued playing. And, and Saul goes, Saul's thinking, I don't know who you are, but you know people who do put dumb stunts in my game. When I run it, those are the people that are going to get held, held by whatever because they don't have enough wisdom to pass the wisdom oh, check. Yes, that was cruel of me, but yes, I've done that too. So here I am playing in this uh, Pathfinder society, and I, I was playing with Augustine because Augustine really wanted to go, and it was fun. I was, I mean, it wasn't my like I said, it wasn't my cup of tea playing this style game because they're very. The adventures. They're goal oriented. <laughs> they're they're railroads. The adventures are real railroady. You get points for doing different things. There's a little bit of role playing, but most of it is dice role playing. It's a lot of fun if you if you let yourself just enjoy it right. and realize that this is what we're doing, and that's what you should do with all the games that you play. Is let yourself enjoy it. So so you sit down at a at a convention game where it's all. Um, tactical and you weren't prepared for this but you know if it's all tactical people are going to be prepared and you'll be just fine and they tell you this is uh, my my only question is what do i need to roll <laughs> if you just tell me what i need to roll i'm good with it yeah i think you're right I, you're right and uh, like i said i'm not sure how i 
where I like my games. I think I like pretty much almost any type of game. Like I said I, before, I didn't like Dungeon Calls, but I, even then, that's not true. Go, I go to a game thinking I want to have fun, and I want to have fun almost in my own way too. If you if you just go, I want to enjoy this game. It sounds like a cool idea. And if the GM isn't completely bonkers and the players aren't completely weird and nuts, I you think I think you can enjoy the game because if you go with kind of like go with a good attitude, go with the go with the goal of having fun. I think you can you can prepare yourself for a game and and even if it's like I said not to your liking, you could adjust your style to meet whatever game is being played. For example, I know people who absolutely don't like these like you know fully prepared type of uh, ga- games like or kind of railroady. You know, there's certain encounters, kind of like a Pathfinder Society game, where Pathfinder Society there is, there's these hoops you got to j- go through to get to the end of the of the adventure. And I played in, in a few of them, and they all kind of have the same kind of a uh, because it's organized play. They have this kind of method of getting you from point A to point getting, B. Yeah, right. It's, and it's just, you know it's it's a four hour game. It's everybody plays. Everybody has the same experience more or less. There seems to be a lack of creativity at times. Well, because they're running from modules, right? Yeah. It's everybody's running the same game in the in that in that session. Although some people are playing the first level and some people are playing like the fourth adventure, depending on what week they're in or whatever. Or I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I know they go by weeks. <laughs> right. For example, remember, and I know I've used this example before, but uh, a few years ago we were at Pacificon and we all decided to play in a Pathfinder, Pathfinder Society? Was it? No, it was. Uh, it was Adventure League. Adventure League, D&D. And we had a crazy idea that we all wanted to play Gnomes. No, we didn't have that idea. <laughs> I had you that idea. had that idea. And we almost did it, but a couple people like Jolene decided not <laughs> to break with the ranks. And, uh, and so once Jolene broke ranks, other people go, well, maybe, well I don't want to be a gnome either. Uh, there were seven of us, I think, a plane. I don't remember. And we all had a fantastic time, even though we drove the GM nuts. But as soon as it, even, but see, but even the GM adjusted, right? The GM was, uh, might've, he might have been one of the first few games his first first few games that he he ran, he seemed a little bit green, a little bit unsure. But he obviously had this idea of how this game was going to run. Well, that's how it, it had run at every other time he, he played it, right? I'm guessing, yeah, that's true. And then here comes these seven crazy-ass players doing crazy-ass things. Well, five of us, a couple of people weren't that crazy. And the GM at first was like, he was backing up right he was on you know caught off guard he was backpedaling he's like uh it's not every day somebody asks you if they can wear a bear trap on their back right and he and even then he goes well i don't think it's gonna do you i don't think it's gonna do what you think it's but can i do it and then and then my brother goes well i still want the bear trap on my back and the guy goes okay (laughs) (laughs) whatever so he was like oh this is this is how it's gonna run and then it was he was in this frame of mind uh, uh, I th- I believe that it was gonna go a certain way. Here comes a pack of seven lunatics, and we were loony, loony. And he's like the the first, I would say the first thirty to forty five minutes. He was like he was in shock. He was he didn't know what to do with us, right? He was like he, he he was he was stammering. He was like trying to answer our questions. He's like, I don't understand why you want to do that. <laughs> and that was like a major question of his. I don't think that's gonna have any benefit. And then we're like, we don't care about uh, uh, what uh, what is it uh, a game benefit? We wanted a, a player benefit, a, a story benefit. Let the bear trap, and then 
I think uh, it was uh, Bay was up on a on a ledge, and he was like, he was, and then he goes, "Well, he goes, you're not going to get any pluses for that." He goes, "I don't care. I just think it looks cool." The poor guy didn't know what he was dealing with. So, right. So then, then he just like went with it. He goes, "Okay, you guys are a bunch of freaking nutbags. I'm I'm just going to you know just go with the flow." And then I think he really had a good time at tor- tor- no. they converted him right and so he was like laughing at all our antics and stuff like that and he just he enjoyed the game that he wasn't prepared to run and i think that's pretty neat yeah but players have a responsibility right and i'm just going to give you some of of the things that i think you should do one if you're bored engage in the game and I, by that i mean make sure you're asking the gm questions you're trying to solve whatever if it's a mystery or you're walking into a town ask a lot of questions and figure out what's going on don't hog the spotlight help other people to have part of the spotlight right ask them questions what are we going to do wizard what do you, what do you whatever think your about name this? is uh, that's a good idea and then you know there's all kinds of things you can do make sure that you're that you're actually role playing or you're you're asking questions and why why sit there being bored right it's right. a game. You're there for four hours. Enjoy it. Totally agree. Yes. So I think it, our, our goal here is to to try to change some players' minds going, oh, I don't like that game, and leave. Give it a shot. Maybe, maybe by your good role playing or your good tactical skills or whatever you bring to the table, you can influence other players, other GMs. Oh, I really like the, well, the way this player did this. So I really like those actions that he did or she did. And I think you can really learn like games that are not your style or what you think are not your cup of tea. And you're like, wow, I really did enjoy that. Like, you know, a lot of people say, I don't like those tactical combat games. Well, give them a shot. You know, I know people. Well, okay. They're not going to go They're They're not going to give them a shot if they don't like them. (laughs) But if their friend wants to run one, then they probably will. Right. Okay. There you go. Also, there's all kinds of things GMs can do to make sure their players are engaged in the game, right? You're as a GM, if you're all your players are sitting there uh, bored, then you, they're not having fun, and it's <laughs> going to make it really hard for you. Yeah, but mainly, um, I think uh, as a player, you should uh, try to have a positive. I think this is a problem that GMs have when they play games with other people. Mm, they don't necessarily. One, maybe they don't think the person's running it the way they would, right? <laughs> well, there's always that. And two, they are bored because they don't think that everybody's engaging in the game. And instead of instead of being bored and thinking the other people aren't engaging in the games, get them to engage. Do something to yeah. to bring everybody in, right? Then you you have to buy into the story. Saul's always saying you got to get the players to buy into the story, whatever the story is. That's what they have to do. And we play with people who have no problem buying into whatever the story is. Some of them think it through completely and want to <laughs> to go with, figure out what's going to happen if we do everything. But they're all engaged in it, right? Some people have off days, but some people are really good about it. Yes. Ultimately, as a, as a player, when you approach a game, uh, try to be as positive as you can. Find the good things about the game or just have fun in the game that you're in. Uh, unless it's totally terrible, right? Like I said before, as is as in the GM's terrible, the players are terrible. Leave those games, yeah. But if it's just not usually what you like uh, and you somehow get 
landed in a game at a convention or your friends were in a game and it's like, you know, just have a positive attitude, play the game and have fun. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.